there are many people that don't listen to their children because they don't listen to themselves, which is why there is intergenerational trauma. Parents sometimes tend to shame their child's power, their strength, their psychic abilities, their gifts, because they've been shamed, and it's a survival mechanism that comes from trauma. So fear emerges when challenging that survival instinct because our bodies and our brains naturally feel and believe that we will not survive without the same behavioral pattern that's kept us alive. It's really about when are we going to choose to live differently and for ourselves. You can't keep using tools of oppression and expect to raise free people. Episode 104, Spirituality in Parenting. I am so deeply excited about this episode. There's been so much conversation in our community as unschoolers, as people who choose to raise our children in ways that align with liberation and love outside of the standard operating procedure, right? In this community, there's been so much conversation that is still framed in a very schoolish way when it comes to being in relationship with children and each other. This is an opportunity to really walk the talk of trust, of not being able necessarily to articulate or quantify or prove a thing, but trusting the feelings that you have around a thing or the feelings that your child has around a thing, trusting that so much that you allow yourself to be moved and led and organized by that. We put that into practice in ways that free us and give us alternatives to the language and the ways we know how to be, the ways that we've been groomed and raised. I recently shared Unschooling Explained, which was basically some notes that I took during and after Raising Free People webinar, a webinar that I produced with Marley, actually, with my oldest daughter, Marley. We did that, I think, maybe two years ago, and I took sort of like the high-level notes from that and put that in this ebook, Unschooling Explained, and I shared it on Instagram recently, and hundreds of people signed up to get it in a matter of like a day or two. That's awesome because it just goes to show the level of interest around this option for living and learning with each other. And it also gave me an opportunity to get even more feedback than I've gotten in the past around people's concerns and excitement with unschooling and with the work of raising free people. One of the most interesting bits of feedback that I got from folks who took me up on the invitation to hit reply and tell me why they signed up, why they wanted the ebook and all of that, is this pattern of folks wanting a step-by-step process and definitive answers to shit that can't have no definitive answer and you should run if somebody tried to give you one. How could you expect me, as much as you connect with what I am exploring and sharing and writing and saying, how 
could you expect me to be able to tell you how you should be in right relationship with your child? That's not the work here. The work isn't for me to bottle up what I experience and for you to apply that to your life. That no met no sense. It cannot work like that. When you listen to the things that are shared by the people that I talk to and offer aspects of their voices through this podcast, when you listen to us and when you read the works that I share and we share and that have been shared years before that is still relevant now, the work, the process is not to prescribe that to your life and your children. It is to process that, to feel through that, and to connect it with who you are and what you are seeing about your child and what you intuitively are feeling is wrong, the things that lead you to listen to podcasts like this and read books like the type of books that people like us read, the things that drive you toward that are telling you that what you have been practicing or what you're seeing as normalized around you is not okay for you, is not okay for your child. You follow that by processing this sort of information and then seeing what aspects of it make sense for you and yours and walking in that path, not trying to conform yourself and your child to the information for it to make sense. And one way that we can practice moving away from asking for prescriptions and going more towards processing and understanding our processes and our children's processes one way that we can do that is through spirituality, through defining spirituality in terms that make sense for you, not the general population, and then putting into practice these ways that move you outside of what is quantifiable and over towards what you trust because you feel it in your belly, you feel it in your chest. Nothing in you is saying that this is perfectly all right you yell at your child or you force them to do something or you allow them to do something. You don't speak up when you feel like you should because you're trying to keep the peace, whichever side of that coin that you fall on. That happens and something in you is not okay with it. Like you can't stop thinking about it. You find yourself wanting to address it, to say something, to do something. There is an opportunity to question that about ourselves and to continue to chastise ourselves or there's an opportunity to be with that work, move through that and say, oh, okay, something is showing up for me. What can I do about that in ways that are not stifling me or stifling the child in my life, whether I'm a parent or a teacher or whatever? Those are two different approaches. And in my life, a spiritual connection to this work of raising free people is what saves me from going too far over into the logistics and the, but what about this? And the, it's a very effective disruptor for the fear-based tactics that are more normal. I've practiced those a lot more than this liberation-minded work. So this episode is really important for us in this movement because it gives us examples and reminders and options <laughs> outside of that fear-based way. And because there is nothing like hearing us as Black women, Indigenous women, women of color, talking about the ways that we do this work of raising free people, that's exactly what I'm offering in this episode. 
there are four of us, five including me, talking about our connectedness to spirituality and parenting, why those things are connected, why that connection is vital for us. And each of us will do it in different ways. Of course, the show notes page will have the Instagram accounts of each of these four contributors today, Diani, Nuola, Shante, and Moji. And I want you to make sure you connect with them as you just kind of feel through the things that they're offering and allowing us to peek into. I believe that parenting is spiritual by nature. To be able to play a role in the ushering of another human into this realm is magical. Whether or not we are in tune is a question worth exploring. We live in a society that seems to have become increasingly anti-family due to the demands of capitalism. Many of us have become humans doing rather than human beings. And children in all their glory have a way of reminding us of our humanness, whether through the beauty of their innocence or the ugliness of them behaving, quote-unquote, badly. They have a way of quickening us to the moment. It behooves us to take these moments in and recognize the messages from our little big teachers, messages to remind us of their humanness, that perfection is not a prerequisite for love, that they are trustworthy, and, and left to their own devices, with minimal supervision, of course, lies the possibility of teaching them to trust themselves and in turn to trust the processes of their own lives. How people view children and how they view themselves definitely is what shapes parenting style. So from a spiritual perspective, Children are spirits. They're otherworldly and they're ancient. They're not just children. And they've come into existence just as we have connected to something called the astral realm, which is just the realm of original creative thought. So anybody that has ever existed before, energy, ideas, creation, thoughts, belief, feelings, and Essentially, we've been here millions of years. We've incurred thousands and thousands of lifetimes. Our children aren't exempt from this. We've had magical abilities and gifts, and we essentially started to decline by being so attached to this world. When we are in this world, we are not of this world. And... All of the lifetimes that we've lived are essentially stored in our DNA, which is passed down from generation to generation. So as colonization has happened and time has continued, we've lost our access to this divinity. And I'm giving this little back preview as a way to inform how I parent and why I parent the way that I parent. So essentially, River is not just a child. He's come here with a knowledge database in combination with the bloodline he's chosen through me. So I'm simply a conduit for his purpose, his self-realizations, and things that he has to have while he's here in the earth realm. I think that these concepts may be difficult for some people to grasp because what I see in my work and on social media and in public spaces 
is that our curiosity is gone. We're not allowing spirit to lead our lives. We're not moving through feeling. And that's what spirituality is partially. It's leading your life through your heart space, through inspiration, being willing to look at yourself and be accountable for the way you're moving in your reality. We've become so disconnected from our godhood by playing the role of victims that we've forgotten our divinity, our supernatural abilities, and how to use them to shape and form our worlds, how to blend the feminine with the masculine to create our desired realities, essentially our heaven on earth. And all of this informs the way that we parent, especially in the realm of how we interact with our own inner children. How do we interact with our own emotions? So raising a child from a spiritual perspective is really about acknowledging that this is an entire person. This is an entire spirit outside of me with its own knowing, its own power, its own magic, its own gifts, its own purpose. And it knows all of those things and it knows how to go about getting them. And like I said, this goes hand in hand with the way that we view ourselves. Do we view ourselves as knowing, as powerful, as magical, as mighty, as whole, as full, as creators? Do we feel worthy enough to even be considered or cared for so gently and knowingly? Do we follow our inspiration? Do we remember our dreams, our desires? Do we play in our imagination? Do we see these things as valid and worth exploring? Do we recognize the limitlessness of everything we are and its inability to be defined by this world? Or do we shut ourselves down? Do we tell ourselves we can't? Do we feel worthy of receiving the lives that we desire? And this is why I am a huge believer in unschooling, because we don't seek validation from anyone but ourselves. We live our lives interest-led. We live with and for our inspiration, our desires, our passions. We are always listening to our hearts and where our hearts want to be, what they want to say, how they want to communicate at any given moment. And we want our children to experience the same level of autonomy, freedom, independence. We want them to feel like the gods and the mighty spirits that they are. We want them to understand that they are creators and they are constantly molding and creating their realities. So I'm offering my two cents in the mix around spirituality and parenting. And it feels like so very much the perfect time to do this because my youngest daughter, my wash belly, as we say, my last baby, turns 13 tomorrow. <laughs> this is airing on the 7th or maybe it's airing on the 8th. I don't know. But February 8th, <laughs> Sage is 13 years old. Happy birthday, Sage Niambi. She has been such a significant part of my connectedness to spirituality and parenting. This being is so like sensual and spiritual 
in how she moves about the world and her body and us as her parents, Chris and me, and her grandparents when we're in their presence. I learned so much about thinking less and feeling and trusting more through being in relationship with Sage. It's like we named her Sage and that makes so much sense because, yo, knowledge, (laughs) wisdom. I know I've spoken before on here and written before about how, for example, I connected with Ayurvedic practices. And you can Google that terminology or if you know which episode it came up on, share it somewhere online. (laughs) I learned about Ayurveda through Sage and her eating habits. And then through Moji, who you'll hear on this episode, who then kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, sounds like, oh, she was in one of my workshops, Moji. That's what it was. Shout out to Moji, always supporting and showing up in the work. She said, you know, it sounds like Sage's particular dosha, which is like your body constitution, the way that your body and your soul are set up together, essentially, and the environment, that connection, that collaboration calls for you to eat a certain way and for you to not eat at certain times. Like essentially, Moji helped me to see that Sage was intuitively fasting. What in the entire fuck? Like I never even heard of that terminology together. And then it taught me so much about her and then my own body. And it changed a lot of my own eating habits now and is literally changing my physical and spiritual lives. So she has ushered in a lot of knowledge and a lot of curiosity in ways that are different than how Marley, my oldest, my firstborn, has done that for me. They are both very much my life guides. And I feel like real talk, sometimes I shy away from that type of terminology in the space because I know from feedback that people are so hungry for the logistics and how-tos around the work that when we start to talk about spiritual things and when we start to go further than the schoolishness, people get uncomfortable or some people just sign off because it's like, no, that's not what I want. I want to know how this works. I want to know if I'm not going to push my kid to college, I need to feel really clear about this. You know, we still get really logic-based, so much so that we lose the other spiritual trust factor. And so for me, it is important to recognize that schoolish factor so that I can put practices in place to harmonize the logic, which I feel is necessary to an extent, to harmonize that and to center that and ground that in something deeper and more vast, which for me is spirituality, which is why there's an entire episode here committed to spirituality and parenting, because so much of what we do and affirm and get validated by is schoolish. It is not organic to what we need. It's a prove it, show your work, impress someone in authority, push past this, show up like this, be normal this way, and be exceptional this way type of deal. Lots of external stimuli motivated by outside ideas of what we should be, how we should perform, how to be labeled as worthy, whether people agree with our dreams and goals. So much of it is that. So spirituality now, for me, and you can share what it is for you, but for me, spirituality 
harmonizes, that it comes in and it makes the right sounds and the right waves that makes it more about trusting in something. Spirituality to me is about trusting. It's about trusting connections between myself and a sense of something divine, trusting something beyond me that connects me to nature, to other people, to a more vast intelligence and energy. I experience spirituality in parenting by understanding Marley and Sage Niambi as my life guides and me as theirs in some instances. And I talked during the Walk These Words Mindful Parenting Challenge that we did towards the end of last year. I talked about how I spent an entire year turning my life into a series of rituals, why that was so important for a significant period of my life when we connected with unschooling and really started being in relationships with our daughters that were more partnership-based and less about like you do this because I say so. I became really focused on ritual and spirituality as a means of sort of battling, because that's what it felt like back then, battling these feelings of controlling them and feeling in control, even myself and all my relationships with control and how they were showing up. Spirituality, ritual, creating ritual, defining ritual is what really helped me to shift out of those patterns. And my daughters can tell you, this is how I know for sure, not just from my own observations, but my daughters and Chris, my partner, will tell you that I've shifted very much out of patterns of being control-focused. A part of how I did that was to create more ritual in my life. So I have an entire course because I show what I learn all the time. That's important. That's community for me. Let's share our knowledge. So I created a course called Simple Spirituality that was just sharing the rituals that I had developed, why I developed them, and just offered some perspectives around how other folks can start to ritualize their thing too, particularly for those of us who survived religion, who grew up in religious households, and then realized that so much of that was not for us, that it was okay if it was for other people, but it definitely was not for us. That course I am going to, for my Patreon community, and I invite you to come on over, patreon.com forward slash Akila. I'm going to offer access to that course as a pay what you can. So if you can only pay a dollar for it, cool. If you can pay what the course is valued at, which I think I have it for maybe 90 bucks, I don't remember. That's cool. If you want to pay more, people do that, which is such a beautiful exchange of energy. I had one woman pay $777 for a course that I offer. Oh, it was the personal manifesto course because we met and we both are very connected to the number seven. <laughs> and then we left the event that we met at and then she paid $777 for the course. And that really moved me. God, just connectedness with people can be such a beautiful thing in many ways. So yeah, so I'm going to share that course on Patreon and you can come on over again at any financial donation monthly and get access to all the goodness. I wanted to offer that to you in this space as you continue to feel through spirituality and parenting for yourself. Taste of Life. In Yoruba tradition, milestones in life are blessed with the Taste of Life ceremony. 
As a priestess, my mother performed this ceremony countless times in my childhood, each time with slight variation. Ever the artist and storyteller, she spoke the words she sensed needed to be heard, an energetic call and response with the people and spirits present in the room. I watched her with wonder, her gestures an incantation, her words a prayer. It always begins with water, wombs, waves, rivers. We begin this way to remind ourselves that we are a mirror. We make ritual in the washing of hands, hair, and bodies, bathtub filled with rose water and lavender oil. You submerge yourself, becoming mermaid, shark, submarine. Water heals us, a daily dose of peppermint tea, ginger and turmeric tonics for winter flu. Water separates and connects us, drowns and baptizes. This world is so lush and evergreen, succulent and divine, resilient and abundant. And so are you. May you move like water, able to change shape and move through space, but always keeping the essence of who you are. May you heal and nourish all that you touch. Now, salt, sweat, and wealth. I told you of the times as a child where I collected water from the ocean and tried to harvest salt. Jugs and bowls sat outside of home, and after a few days the water was gone, but there was more sand than salt. Ever curious, you wonder why. Why does the salt in our glass jar have only salt and no sand? Why can't we drink salt water if it comes out of us when we sweat? You lick the sweat off your arm and smile. May your life be filled with richness and hard work. May you know the taste of sweat on your own brow and know that from labor can come the greatest beauty of your imagination. Pepper. We know of peppers, jalapeno, cayenne, ghost, lemon. You choose the brightest ones at the farmer's market and love the way they smell while simmering in coconut oil. I show you the steps to make jollof rice. These days will wear me down as they mold me into the mother I seek to have and become. The work of cultivating myself is the foundation for authentically showing up for anyone especially while striving towards raising free people. Some days your tongue spits fire. May you know the power of your words. May you use them to tear down walls and build glorious staircases. May you have the strength to fight well and the wisdom to do it prudently. There will be so many battles, my child. Jin, may you remember to call your ancestors into battle with you. You will never be alone. Remember their names and speak them aloud. Walk deep into the woods. Dive beneath the tides and listen for them. Place a white candle and a glass of water on your windowsill. Still, I want and need you to know that you belong only to yourself. Your spirit is timeless. Not like a pearl necklace or an unassuming name. No, you are as timeless as heat and thick lips and cornrow masterpieces. Do not be afraid of your darkness. Honey, above all, 
love. In loving yourself, you honor those who came before you. In loving yourself, you smooth the way for those who will follow. When standing alone in the woods of my mind or in the midst of mundane chaos, my thoughts frayed like cloth. I remember. Take long baths and walks. Speak your truth and make dangerous art. Linger over a delectable poetry and a pie. Throw your head back and toss laughter into the air like confetti. Here is the secret. These words are as much for me as they are for you. Walking alongside you is by far my greatest blessing. I strive to treat it as such. Conscious, peaceful, liberated mothering is an homage to my ancestors and my most sacred spiritual practice. I pray regularly to show you as much respect, patience, and love as the goddesses and my ancestors grant me. If I succeed, you may not need to be reminded of your unthinkable beauty. You will have lived in freedom every day of your life and know, without question, you, my beautiful darling, are everything. Right, quick, and as always, let me give a shout out to our newest patrons over on the Patreon community, Rocio, who was a patron recently but increased her donation. Thank you so much. You know what? I need to talk to you about being on this podcast, Dr. Rosales Mesa. I'm going to reach out to you. Thank you for being a patron of this podcast. We also have Ami, Priscilla, and Thea. Thank you all so much. Thea is also another person that's about to be up on this podcast because she is doing such beautiful work around liberation for us. And I'm so grateful to just know about this work that's happening in all these ways. So Rocio, Ami, Priscilla, and Thea, thank you all so much for your contributions via Patreon. I hope that you enjoyed this episode at least as much as I did. Shout out to the four mamas who brought us a little peek into how they explore and practice spirituality as it relates to liberation-minded parenting. So head over to RaisingFreePeople.com forward slash 104 to connect with these mamas. Nuola has a blog which is so good. I mean, after reading a few pieces on it is when I was like, please come over and share with us on Fair of the Free Child. <laughs> and these women have offerings and goodness that they share around this work as well. Maybe not Shantae. Shantae offers her light through the things she shares and those lovely captions on Instagram. So connect over on the show notes page, raisingfreepeople.com forward slash 104. And join me next week when we'll be talking about love in all kinds of ways connected to this work and world. And then the week after that, we're going to do a recap of the Liberation and Education Summit that I've been telling y'all about. I listened to some of the audio from that summit already. Shout out to Anthony for getting that to me. Anthony is one of the founders and facilitators of Heartwood Agile Learning Center. They're the ones who put the summit on each year. Anthony got me the audio that day and yo, I was like all in it. It was so good. 
So I'll be sharing that. And then also Tipping Points, which is the magazine for the Alliance for Self-Directed Education. I know that Alex, who's the editor of Tipping Points, the editor-in-chief, he went to the summit. And I know he got audio as well. So we'll be sharing on Tipping Points, sharing here, just all the goodness around liberation and education. So join me next week and the week after that and the week after that. And thank you for being here this week. Much love.